folks. Welcome again to another thrilling edition here of the Mind of Magnus on 106.3 WRFZ LP Rochester, Rochester Free Radio. As always, the cool kids listening in online at rochesterfreeradio.com are saying hello to us there. Uh, the really cool, cool kids are actually downloading our podcast, by the way. Uh, Mind of Magnus can be found now wherever your podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, on uh, 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 every place but, what is it? Uh, Spotify is the thing you don't want but to But Spotify. But Spotify. We have a... a no hassle-free over there. Uh, so this show has been made possible by the, all the awesome people that uh, make this whole station happen. If you guys want to be a supporter for this, go to RushToFreeRadio.com. Uh, check, click that big orange button. Become a Patreon supporter. Uh, there was guys who were doing this. A couple of dollars a month is all we ask for. It keeps the lights on, keeps the microphone sounding really good, and uh, just awesome stuff to be happening. Uh, the people I also want to give a thank you to are those who write into the show every week. Uh, those can do so at Magnus Apollo on Twitter or mindofmagnus at gmail.com. The show, uh, if you send an email at any point in time or message, you can join us in for the conversation tonight as well. Uh, but the guy I want to give a thank you to every time that makes this show sound amazing is the guy in the glass box over there, Mr. Matt Obscure himself. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Oh, good evening, Magnus. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, having fun here, uh, playing around uh, with uh, some fun stuff at home and uh, some new tech and everything else at the studio. We've been having some fun. Um, also, I'm cold again because it is uh, the weather is changing around yet more times here in Rochester, it seems like. Yeah, it, it swings so fast that our, our, our sinuses really don't have a chance to catch up, do, do they? <laughs> Not at all. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, you guys, you had a good week? Yeah, yourself? it was a blast. We we had a really good time. It was actually a really fun weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. You uh, adventures were had? Uh, uh, little adventures. We had the the little Costco adventure with the little dude, nice. and then uh, we went to see Captain Marvel and went out to the the New York Beer Project out in Victor, and that was a lot of fun. Oh yes, uh, tell me a little about the Beer Project. I actually, it is massive. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I can't tell you how many people it could fit in there, but it's a lot. A lot of folks, huh? But yeah, it was it was nice. It was kind of a fun hang. Nice. And uh, when I actually ch- find check out uh, Captain Marvel, we'll chat about that. I don't want any spoilers. Yeah, Seriously. absolutely no spoilers. Okay. Although I, I have to talk about at some point. There's uh, does this have a, uh, a, a Stan Lee cameo that's kind of trippy, right? I was hearing about a it. A little so. bit, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll follow it up. We'll do that, we'll, or maybe have a podcast yeah, chat we'll, about we'll, it. We'll do the uh, the podcast. We'll do the Captain Marvel debrief after you see. Okay. Okay, so no spoilers on the air. No spoilers, no spoilers on the air. On the air. Um, so we've been having a, a great list of people coming on the show, uh, and people have been thanking us because we've been downloading a lot more of the podcast, by the way. And i got to give a shout-out because, Matt, you're the one that's doing that, pushing them all out there. Yeah. Uh, people wrote in saying they've been enjoying all the podcasts. So it's a sincere thank you to you, sir, for that one. Well, thanks, and keep an eye on our feeds. There's going to be a bunch more coming soon. Oh, nice. Yeah, we actually been trying to make some uh, things happen. We're going to put uh, Dave uh, for yep. Change is going to be Dave for up. Change is up. Nice, nice, nice. Um, few more going up soon um well, i'm looking forward we've to got uh, nick gerwich is going up very very soon oh very cool good we'll get him out now because he's going to be traveling to france i think he's going to be in paris talking up. oh really yeah so we're sending him across the country across the pond to uh to get people you know knowing what americans are like because nick is such an example of what americans are like we'll send him over half shirtless <laughs> exactly uh so um Today, uh, we are going to be rambling on today about something that matters to me greatly. Uh, it's it's focusing on science, focusing on the, uh, you know, Rochester, of course. Uh, and I'm actually not going to do my normal ramble on. Uh, I want to bring a person in because uh, this can't wait, I think, is how my brain shall be. Um, this is a, a project we'll be talking about. Sec- uh, but in your head right now, I want everyone to think about this next hour. We're going to be talking about climate solutions, but we're going to be specifically talking about local relevant 
Climate Solutions, uh, which matters deeply to me because I want to make a difference, but I want to know how to make a difference at home first. Uh, my guest today, uh, Abigail McHugh-Griffa, is in. Uh, she is the, uh, is the interim executive director for the Rochester People's Climate Coalition. Um, this woman, we actually, I met her outside the studio door as she was hanging around with Metro Justice trying to make a difference there. And you're just like, I want to get the voice out. I need to help. I want to make a difference. Can you, like, can we do that? And you talk to the right guy because this is how I want to do. I want to meet people that make a difference here in the city. So, uh, Abigail, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, like I said, you were literally waiting out the door like, hey, I can... You know, I, I want to talk with someone. I want to share these ideas, how to make a difference. And every single word you said rung true to me. Uh, I, a uh, huge Rochesterian a fan. I'm a huge Rochesterian in the first place because I'm a big guy. But I am a, a fan of Rochester. But people making a difference, people that, that realize that what they can do and help others to do can make a sincere difference to our world, stri- like just strikes a perfect chord with me. Um, so... First off, thank you for everything you're doing because I am a person that realizes our world needs it, needs some love, needs some attention, but also realizes we need people to raise awareness of what they can do to arm the world and arm others. So I was going to hit the ground running. Um, uh, Thank you for being here. And so Rochester's People's Climate Coalition. Can we start off with this? What is this magical thing? Okay. So it's an organization of organizations, right? Nice. Um, you cannot be a member as an individual, though mm-hmm. we'll gladly have you on as a supporter <laughs> or volunteer. Um, but, you know, we have a, a a wide range of member organizations, you know, everywhere from businesses to a lot of faith groups, nonprofits of all sorts, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of environmental groups. And really, we're unified around the mission of keeping Rochester cool, right? So, you know, and I the, love that. Tagline, and we mean that on. It's funny because some people hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Um, I mean, That's, I think it, yeah. it's perfect. It's fitting, you know. And we are, of course, literally talking about global temperatures and and our our temperatures here in Rochester. But but more than that, it's it's the way of life here in Rochester. You know, we we want Rochester to thrive, and we genuinely and sincerely believe that by implementing effective climate solutions, we can achieve a better quality of life for people right here today. Oh, that's a, a, a noble effort, and it sounds like you have from the people I've interacted with, and actually happened to mention that you're going to be in the show. Uh, they, they, it sounds like the the what's this RPCC, I guess mm-hmm. is the term yep. for it, uh, is really making some you know some news and strides in, involved in this. I mean, it seems like it's doing really well. And how long has it been? This coalition been kind of together what's the pull so rpcc came to be in 2014 some about summer of 2014 um when representatives from i think it was seven mostly environmentally focused organizations came together to organize two buses to go to new york city for the first people's climate march i don't know if you heard of the people's climate march in new Mm -hmm. york city it was a real galvanizing event you know sort of for our movement nationally Mm -hmm. but certainly here in rochester it um it just did so much to bring Mm -hmm. us together and unify us and and that collaboration you know it was we did not intentionally form a a coalition right from the beginning but but the collaboration was so successful that at the end of that that project it was just like we cannot let this die This Mm -hmm. is too important, too good. The breaking down of silos, right? You know, Rochester's full of great organizations doing great things, but not necessarily in a coordinated way. True. Oh, my gosh. So true. Mm -hmm. So so that initial work that we did together really showed us the power of collaborating. 
And so we spent several months after that, um, you know, thinking about what would this organization be? What would it do? Uh, it was interesting because I just the other day was kind of looking back on some some documents from those very first months and was honestly impressed with us that we we kind of our vision right from the beginning of, you know, really being about organizational, mm-hmm. um, you know, developing organizational leadership and, and focusing on systems level solutions and, and that coordination of collaboration um, right from the very beginning was, was what RPCC was about and has continued to be about. Um, I think, you know, of course we are, we've, evolved a great deal since then and are learning all the time getting mm-hmm. you know hopefully better at what we do and i think i think i can well the, i can the think cra- i can fairly say that better <laughs> yeah, at what I, we I do so. yeah. um but you know we've we've still got a long way to go in terms of the scope of the climate crisis and the solutions that we need to implement mm-hmm. um we need to scale up considerably and and you know we feel good about the work we do, we've done but we need to do a lot more and we need to do it a lot faster gotcha wow uh so uh actually the scope of the climate—that's uh, actually something that I would like to touch base on. Because the more I learn, the more I realize that science is also learning that they don't fully understand what the scope truly is. I mean, mm-hmm. there was news a couple of weeks ago, or past week or two, about like they worry about cloud cover being a change now because of like the higher uh, uh, CO two levels will not allow certain cloud cover, and then they realize, well, that's going to change the weather even different. You know, twelve years, maybe even different than we expected uh how does one pull together like a scope i mean what's like tell me more about this happens i mean you guys strike me as a very organized team of very diverse people so you must be pulling in from a lot of different sources right yeah we are are very fortunate to have people who you know know a lot um (laughs) and are are pretty well informed i'd say in a way myself less than others Mm Um, you know, we have some people who are really do keep up on the science and, and what's coming down the pike. Um, but it's true. You know, no one knows exactly how this climate change thing is going to play out. Mm. What is important to recognize, though, is that, you know, 97% of scientists agree that this is real. Mm-hmm. It's human caused. It's not looking good. You know, it's not going to not not good for humans. It cuts me like a knife to hear that, but it's true. I mean, tr- I'd rather know it and then plan ahead than have my head in the sand or just right. be that way. So, but but the other the other important factor of this is that there there are things we can do. There is hope, right? Yay! Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> there is hope, folks. Yeah, you know, and and different scientists. You know, I mean, there's disagreement about how much hope and what is the time frame and what what should be our priorities. Mm-hmm. So. We are we are all learning together. But one thing that I can say for sure is, you know, when I think of this, I, th- I think of it really as a sort of risk-benefit analysis, right? You know, just at a fundamental level. No, we're not certain about what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But based on the degree of consensus that there is, mm-hmm. it just makes sense to play it on the safe side a little bit here and and do what we can now to prevent really bad stuff in the future um soften that sort of blow of sorts right and and you know we we cannot completely stop global warming like that's that's not going to happen there's already enough co2 in the atmosphere temperatures will continue to rise and that will have impacts um, serious impacts and we're going to have to figure out how to adapt to that Mm -hmm. but 
it doesn't make sense to just be thinking about adaptation. So actually, I should I should break this down. You know, when you think about the climate crisis and what it means to you know live in a safe climate, like to have a safe, livable climate, we're really you know we can talk about that in terms of mitigation, you know, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and adaptation. And we will have to adapt. There are going to be things we have to do, you know, updating our infrastructure, those sorts of things, to adapt to the changes that are coming. That's important. But we don't know what we're adapting to until we get this mitigation piece kind of under control, right? Like, we continue to spew greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. And until we can, you know, stabilize that, it's just this, this... moving target in terms of how severe will the impacts be. So so as an organization, we've made the decision to really focus on the mitigation side of things. Um, and even within that, there's a number of different ways that you can go about that. Uh, for us, it's, it's important to think about, you know, on a local level, what we can do, mm-hmm. you know, where are our emissions coming from as a region? Uh, you know, people talk about coal a lot. And yes, nationally, globally, we need to be thinking about coal mm-hmm. and shutting down um, you know, coal-fired power, power plants. In Rochester, we don't actually really have to think about that at all. So, so a moot point in this area. It, it's basically a moot point in this area. Gotcha. Not that we shouldn't support national or global efforts, yeah, yeah. but that's not what our problem is here. Yes. So it's important to know where our emissions are coming from, because then we can think about how do we reduce them. True. So uh, and now question to be asked is, so where is our emissions coming from? Okay, so primarily our buildings, the heating of our buildings uh, is is big, big, big. And um, transportation. Those uh-huh. are our two biggest ones. And, you know, the city of Rochester did a climate, you know, created a climate action plan a few years ago. Um, you know, from our perspective, it, it isn't quite bold enough in terms of the time frame and the, you know, the the emissions reductions targets that it's set, but it's great that there is a plan in place. A lot of the recommended recommended actions in that are, you know, significant, and we okay. need to be moving forward on that. Um, but they did do a greenhouse gas inventory that shows where our emissions are coming from, and so we've really structured our work to reflect that. Which is great. I mean, why not? That's the way you should be doing. I guess a collection of talented, smart people would be doing this sort of thing. So kudos. Uh, now you, um, so you're seeing these these sort of local actions, areas to be targeted. Um, out of curiosity, uh, so uh, does is Rochester doing uh, doing well for setting these actions up? Is this are we kind of a, hopefully ahead of the curve of figuring out where to be looking at? Uh, would it be a similar size city be doing something similar? Are there other cities doing this as well? Hopefully in the world is. There's a, you know, we're maybe in the middle of the road okay, somewhere. Okay. I, I don't think we get to pat ourselves on the back too much. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, we, we've got a lot of room for improvement. Gotcha. Um, and that's not just, you know, that's not an issue just of city government. There are people here in the city of Rochester, really, that are working hard, doing wonderful, wonderful work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of our state-level policies are pretty messed up. Um, and, of course, you know, federal policies that, that aren't helping us. There's all, there's all sorts of factors that go into this that create... Um, a climate in which it is hard to move in the right direction. So, so as an organization, you know, you mentioned earlier wanting to know what to do, you know, in your own house. Mm-hmm. We actually don't focus on that hardly at all. Gotcha. Because individuals, you know, we don't want to discourage you from, you know, being more eco-friendly in your, yeah. your, your life and, and reducing your personal carbon footprint. But we need systems level change. Like, yeah. I mean, even there's if, already plenty of uh, people, you can, 
a zillion YouTubers telling you what to do to make your home better, but you need to target the real ones making the most difference in this climb you're saying. I get you. Yeah, and even, you know, you're thinking about things like, you know, turning off your lights, recycling. Those are sort of where people's brains go automatically, and those are, I mean, I'm not telling anyone to stop doing them, but relatively speaking, not very impactful. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> um, so, so we need to be educating people about you know, as they do try to take steps in their, their daily lives, mm-hmm. what are the important things they can do? What should they be prioritizing? There you go. But then also thinking about what are the policies and programs that can support that and make it easier for people to do those things. Gotcha. Uh, so we have, um, th- this This gives me a lot of hope, actually. I'm glad because I always feel like there's this, either people are telling me to do the micro microcosm of what you should do to fix things, which seems kind of falls on a already doing it sort of idea, or there are these macro where it's, I'm just a, not even a cognitive machine. I'm, I'm so far removed that I can't even help it. It puts, puts me in this sense of, uh, I'm, I can't do a thing, I, you know, lost in this sea of confusion. So you're saying that there is, that you can, you know, Rochester local people, there's local relevant ideas to help this sort of bigger scheme, bigger concept, bigger things be done. Uh, is there any, can you give us a little tips here? I mean, I'd love yeah, to hear Yeah, so, you know, the one of the beauties, I suppose, of this issue, mm-hmm. there, there's not too much to be like... Yeah, I didn't expect you to wear beauties no, in this one. No, <laughs> but, you know, like if there's something to, to, to be positive about, uh-huh. um, it's that since it does impact our lives in so many ways, and it touches our lives in so many ways, that means there are so many ways that you can make a difference, right? Nice. So for one person, eating less meat, that that is, you know, in your personal life something impactful you can do and kind of, you know, be spreading the word about, you know, why the why veganism is a climate solution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone else, you know, maybe for family tradition reasons, cultural reasons, whatever, dietary restriction reasons, maybe that's not practical. But maybe they can think about, you know, improving the energy efficiency of their home. Or maybe they can be the person who's calling Governor Cuomo every day and saying, Governor Cuomo, why are we still subsidizing the natural gas industry? You know, and, and so no one person or one organization can possibly hit all of these different levers that we need to be we working gotcha. on. And that's yeah. why the coalition model is is critical, right? Mm-hmm. Each of our organizations has a role to play in this movement, just like each individual has a role to play in this movement. So, you know, there, maybe there's someone who doesn't have a lot of time to give, but they have a lot of money. Well, guess what? Making a donation, <laughs> that's a meaningful that goes very, a long way. It does. Yeah. You know, and I don't think people necessarily even appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but financial support, that's important but maybe somebody has no money to give there's also tons of ways that they can make a positive difference and so you know i we we really um we focus on empowering both individuals and organizations to find their place in this movement nice. you know and for example also you know we have we have a lot of different organizations um that are again working on this in different ways and each of those has their own culture has their own tactics and strategies, some of which will appeal to, you know, any given individual and some of which will totally turn someone off, actually, right? Mm-hmm. So as as we think of ourselves as a movement, not as a bunch of individual organizations, but as a movement, we're we're working to organize ourselves so that any one person who comes into our movement, maybe at you know, organization X, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps they come in and they're like, Ooh, I love this. I want to get involved here. Well, great. They stay there. 
right? Maybe someone else, though, comes in, same organization, is like, ooh, these just are not my people. This is not my, you know, because... Yeah, and not, not everyone gels well. I get this Not thing, everyone yeah. gels well. And, and, you know, I mean, even for me, I, I've definitely found my spot, right? Where mm-hmm. I feel at home, I feel empowered, I feel successful. But I have sampled some of the other, you know, <laughs> ac- activities yeah. going on in town, and some just did not resonate with me. I understand. So at this point, we're really coming to understand that if someone comes into your organization and it's not a good fit, that's okay so long as we can find a place mm-hmm. where they will be able to be successful. Which is great. It strikes me as, I mean, you you all have a shared goal. You yes. all have a shared, like, so you can at least appreciate it. You may not get along, but you understand that we're trying to make the world a better place. Yep. So that's, I'm great to hear this way. Now, um, if someone would like to get involved with, I mean, I know you're not taking on individuals, but is there just... Can we go to the uh, the Rochester People's Climate Coalition website to learn more, or yes, where to put? Absolutely, and also where they can donate money. We'll say that oh, ten thousand yes, times course, yeah. tonight. So, uh, so you can donate there as well, hopefully. So, uh, but so just that great resource to check out. People have any questions? They want to see where they can mm-hmm. put their energy and resources. Yeah, and and I should say, you know, our our website it is good for many things like becoming a member organization, making mm-hmm. a donation, some things like that. Honestly, though, our Facebook page, we update it more regularly. That's so finding here. us on yeah. Facebook is, is you know, if you want the, the minute-to-minute, you know, play-by-play, that, that's, great that's to hear. a better resource. So, yeah, Rochester's People Climate Coalition. That's the way to do it. Uh, again, I got to say the tagline for it's great. Working together to keep Rochester cool, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that tagline. Um, so, uh, actually, curiosity question. You, you said you tried out different ones through this whole path. How did you get here? Like, what's the like? What got you to this path? Because I know you've had we're chatting with Matt before. You have an interesting career path before this as well. So, out of curiosity, as as a guy, I like knowing about the people as well. I'm talking to. What got you here? Okay, so. Um it was not a direct path. If people they can't see my hand moving, it's this winding <laughs> line. I have an odd sense. I can sense that when people have a good path and story about them. So not a direct path, huh? No. So my background's in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for many, many years as a music teacher. Uh, actually, and even, I, I don't know, I did all kinds of things. But, um, you know, for many years, I was reading the headlines and thinking, this climate change thing, this sounds bad. Someone should do something about that, right? And and then, you know, just living my daily life, going on about my business, um, but continuing to see those same headlines. And then, um, you know, sort of through a series of major life events, mm-hmm. uh, first one being um, someone very near and dear to me uh, developed an eating disorder, which I know sounds totally irrelevant. But, um, you know, at the time, it was super traumatic, super traumatic. Our lives just, you know, totally upended. Mm-hmm. Um, but reflecting back, it's it was actually, um, I'm so glad it happened because it allowed us for the, like, for the first time ever to kind of stop and think about why are we living the way we're living? Mm-hmm. You know, why do we think we need to look a certain way or have certain things or engage in certain behaviors? And really, you know, what we came out of after that was, well, we're kind of trying to be what popular culture tells us we should be. Mm-hmm. And and not in an intentional way at all. Just, no, no. Just the net, you're kind of stuck in that flow of the river that you didn't realize you were in. It's right. Just like, yeah. Right. You're just doing what you think you're supposed to do because that's what everyone else is doing. Yes. Right. And so that was that was the first, you know, like light bulb started to go on kind of thing you became aware mm-hmm. which is a thing that's amazing to hear i love mm-hmm. to hear, i love to hear the story where the people become aware of what they are with like the bigger concept so so i started to wake up but it did take me a couple more years after that honestly to get where i am um but so then uh you know i was i was in school oh no ooh, no i know what happened next <laughs> um i read actually a personal finance book 
and believe it or not, this this was hugely life changing for me. Um, is the book uh, "Smart Couples Finish Rich" by David Bach, and I would not particularly recommend the book except okay. for like these two pages, where um, he has you write down, like explicitly write down what your top five values are. And again, you know, I was, I'm, I don't know if I was in my late twenties or early thirties, something like that at this point. Um, I had never in my life explicitly defined my values before. And it was like, whoa, Whoa, I do not care about most of what I'm actually doing with my time. And I do in fact care about the environment and the people around me. And, you know, like, so I know. And it was, you know, and it, it wasn't exactly new information. It was just clarifying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just more, you know, it, he put it at the forefront of my mind. And, you know, and the book itself was, was really talking about, you know, aligning your spending habits with your values. Yeah. But for me, it was, you know, aligning my my time and energy and, and money, yeah, of yeah. course, ar- around, you know, my values. So so that was that was weirdly significant in my life. Um not that far after that, um, I was I was in school at the time. I was getting my district, uh, my PhD at uh, Eastman, mm-hmm. Eastman School of Music, and uh, my dissertation was about resource sharing through social networks, specifically around young children's musical development. So, for example, you young child, you're born into such and such a family. That family, you know. You, you hear certain music, they maybe sign you up for music lessons, they give you an instrument, they give you access to musical resources of mm-hmm. various different kinds, which shapes your development as a yeah. musician, you're a human being. Um, so, you know, I spent, well, I don't know how long, over a year working on this project, and it basically forced me to think very hard about my own resources and what they are and how I was using them and, and of course, where they had come from. Yeah. Um, and so I could not avoid acknowledging at that point that, I wasn't making the best use of my time and my energy wow. and my money. And so it was basically it, like it, I finished my dissertation and made the decision that although I loved teaching music, I mean, it was fun. I worked with little kids. Matt, the, reason, the conversation we were having earlier was that I taught his child, actually. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it was it was great work. But in terms of, you know, knowing what this climate crisis was all about and, and what it, 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 it just was, you know what's more important right now you know investing my time and energy in this climate thing or teaching kids mostly very privileged kids honestly Mm -hmm. um to to you know enjoy music it's it's nice that you so you had this self-awareness uh the realization of what you can be doing or what you i guess at this point in time what you weren't doing like you saw what you were doing but where you're like you said your energy your goals your time Kudos for you for suddenly realizing you should be targeting it instead of going to a bar just drinking yourself into like what am I doing with my life? Which I have some friends of mine that do that. Nothing against it, but I'm impressed by your you switched gears from that and now you're the like interim executive director of this coalition. Like that. I mean, I, again, I'm gonna say kudos to you a zillion different times. This is because you're doing work that I wish uh, wish more people were. were this energetic, focused, and willing to do. So, again, kudos for this. Um, so, you, you, you realize all this stuff, and you take your skill set, you things you learn from there, and now you find yourself working with these coalition of crowds. Uh, I guess one of the first questions is, working with kids, I guess, trained you how to talk with a lot of different coalitions and, and all the different voices happening in there. Um, but, uh, so now you're, you, you seem to be finding your... The, the energy you're putting and the time you're putting into here more rewarding. This is your oh, 
I mean, never a dull day. Never, <laughs> ever. Um, you know, and, and I do have my own children now, which mm-hmm. definitely increases my sense of urgency around this issue Very big true. time. Um, you know, and I do, I think my background as a musician has helped me to, you know, as a musician, you you just spend all day every day, you know, kind of hacking away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, perseverance is, I, I would not give up that background in music for anything because mm-hmm. I think it, you know, shaped the person I am and that I can just kind of keep plugging along with difficult issues and problems and, and it doesn't discourage me too much. That's good. And do you still play music probably? probably do you enjoy a bit more off the side topic? But do I, enjoy... I do not have any time to actually play. Oh, no. Um, I do have two students, one of whom is my son, uh-huh. um, but that's that's it for me for music these days. And I do I miss it? Um, yes and no. It's kind of, you know, after sp- dedicating that many years of my life, like mm-hmm. that intensely to music, mm-hmm. doing something else is actually kind of refreshing <laughs> nice. too, you know? Um, I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. I am learning so, 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 so much oh, every day. Um, and, and, you know, I started off as a volunteer, like everybody else for the first, I guess, about four years of RPCC's existence, we were an all-volunteer organization. And just this past September, I've started getting paid a little tiny bit for the work I do. And that's a really, you know, exciting mm-hmm. transition. Oh, yeah. Me. Oh, And it's nice to, you know, getting paid for something that you're compassionate about, realizing it's better for you and your children's future mm-hmm. yep. also just kind of helps you feel like, oh, I guess it is, it is good to have in there. So, uh, so people, uh, someone did message me. We have to get the trivia question out, Matt. We oh. were not asked about the trivia question. Ready for this? Oh, make it as easy as possible. Oh, yeah, I even have a multiple choice for this one. So this is how it works, the rules of this game. Uh, we ask a trivia question. You have all the rest of the show to answer it. People can tweet in or message to help you or hinder you. You never know how it goes. Um, if you get it right, you get to join me for meatballs and beer at Skylark. Oh, wait a second. I'm a vegetarian. So there's vegetarian meatballs okay, there. Okay. So, and I think they have water if you don't have uh, that as well. <laughs> oh, no, I don't no, know. no. I'll drink the beer. Okay. Uh, and as always, the person who uh, answers first online can uh, join us to have the conversation flow more or whatever they have. Um, but uh, that's pretty much how it works. So you have all the show to answer this question. And I try to find a nice and easy one for you. Um, and there's a little bit of background why I chose this one. But the question is... Uh, Matt, you too. Uh, how fast was the first speed limit in Rochester? Hmm. You guys, can you, uh, to the very first speed limit in Rochester, was it A, 6 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, C, 25 miles an hour, or is it D, 55 miles an hour, which also happens to be the speed of a running horse? Oh. So, uh, what is the first, uh, very first speed limit in Rochester, New York? I was going to say, is it for horses or is it for cars? It could be anything. It's actually, there's there's cars involved at this point in time. Okay. I, I feel like when he gives detail, that's that's to throw you off. That's oh. his He's hair. learning. It's like, It so. used to be, I put a lot of detail in because he would get the detail, he'd guess the details. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, 55 miles an hour is the speed of a running horse, just so you know. It's the max speed of a running horse. 55? Yeah. Do a Google search right now. Ta-da. 55 true. miles an hour. Yeah. That's what you guess. You say fifty-five miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, do you have what, what? What was the first <laughs> speed limit of Rochester? This is in the city of Rochester. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me my options one more time. Was it A. Six miles an hour. B. Ten miles an hour. C. Twenty-five miles an hour. Or D. Fifty-five miles an hour. And you have to answer it now. You have all show. Yeah, People I'll can wait. tweet in. I'll wait. So. If you guys have an answer, you think what you know the first speed limit in Rochester was, let us know. Magnus Apollo on Twitter or mindofmagnus at gmail.com. Uh, you can even send a tweet to uh, Matt Obscure in there. He's one of some tweets, by the way. That's People right. People message me and they don't message Matt. So. Also, 55 miles an hour is going to be our red herring, I believe. You think so? Because the second you Google 
horse top speed, uh-huh. you get a picture of a horse with 55 miles an hour, plain as day. So I feel like... Thinking, I, I could be doing a mul- like a multiple red herring on you now. I could be like so, di- distractionary doing this th- sort of yeah, trick. Yeah, it, it's part trivia, part mind game, I think. Now, wait a second. If you're sitting there in front of a computer, why don't you just look up what the first see, speed we, limit in Rochester see, was? See, we're trying to do this. this I, the- I have some kind of integrity here, Abby. <laughs> I mean, I'm not just going to Google it. Yeah, I always ask most of my guests, like the, the the guests and, uh, and people listening in, trying to Google. It. I want people to t- test their mind out, mm-hmm. and people actually been writing in with a real answer. Uh, so we have uh, tonight's show, and then we have a rebroadcast Friday morning's drive time. And certain people, there's been, uh, a guy not last week, a couple weeks ago, whenever the last trivia one uh, message, and he's been getting it right every time. And I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I was going to give him a shout out tonight, and I forgot. But we have a very smart guy driving in at seven in the morning uh, that knows our all of the trivia answers. So, or is he also listening on Monday night? Oh, that's it. Mm. That could be. That could never know how that or works. Or sending us the questions under a pseudonym. <sighs> could be. Never mm. know. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys know the answer, what the first speed limit was here in Rochester, uh, let us know. So, uh, But back to Abigail. Um, so we want to talk about uh, – we have some things we want to talk about here in Rochester as well. Uh, there was the Sustainable Home Rochester Program. Mm-hmm. Is that what – tell us a little bit more about this. Okay. So that's a collaboration between the City of Rochester, Pathstone, and Rochester People's Climate Coalition focused on educating the community about clean heating and cooling technologies. Hmm. So I'll give you a little quiz. What's a heat pump? Uh, <laughs> I, I like to – Let's see, a heat pump. I was going to try to get a, a kind of goofy answer, but I probably I can't do as good as Matt. Leave those to the professionals. Yeah, exactly. Here. Leave it to you in that, leave that <laughs> box. Um, so uh, a heat pump. Uh, I do not know what a heat pump is. Okay. And you are in the majority there, and that's the problem. Mm. That is the problem, is that nobody knows what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a better way to heat and cool your home, right, that does not require burning fossil fuels. And since our local emissions do come, you know, such a, enormous portion of them from burning fossil fuels to heat our homes. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting off of fossil fuels for that purpose needs to be a priority. So, you know, myself, I can, I can illustrate this with my own story. Just a few short years ago, I invested a chunk of money, a pretty big chunk of money in a brand new, you know, high efficiency natural gas furnace Mm -hmm. and high efficiency tankless hot water heater, both of which burn fossil fuels. Thinking that I was doing the best possible thing. You're supposed, to get, you're supposed to get the little yellow sticker with a percentage number on it. Yeah. It's super great, and you feel good about yourself. Well, no, I, I, I thought I was yeah. doing the best thing. It turns out I was totally wrong. Oh. And I have people tell me this every day, right? That they just bought a new furnace, mm-hmm. and people who care deeply about this issue, um, but that's because they don't know what heat pumps are. Gotcha. All right. So heat pumps, they are, um, you know, basically they run. Uh, They use the same technology as your refrigerator. Mm -hmm. So they do not create heat. They transfer heat from one place to another. So if you've ever noticed on your refrigerator, if you put your hand behind it, it's warmer back there, right? Mm -hmm. That's because the the heat pump essentially is taking the heat out of, you know, the inside and putting it out behind your refrigerator, right? Heat pumps work the same way. They do not create heat. They move it from the outdoor air or the ground depending on what time what what kind what type of heat pump it is and they put it in your house or in the summer they run in the reverse and they provide air conditioning and they take the heat out of your house and they put it outside interesting okay and so this is not a newfangled technology in fact like in uh spencerport and fairport you know where electricity rates are cheaper Mm -hmm. they've been using heat pumps for a long time Mm -hmm. not necessarily the most modern efficient version of those but a concept Um, of a heat pump Yes, because you're you're going to have some listener right now, 
write in saying, oh, but heat pumps don't work for our climate. That used to be true, uh-huh. right? But these technologies have continued to evolve. And uh-huh. there are heat pumps that definitely work for our climate. Really? Um, they run off electricity. The beauty of electricity being that it can be supplied by renewable energy, mm-hmm. whereas burning fossil fuels is always burning fossil fuels yeah, exactly. and contributes to climate change. Um, so, so this idea, actually, I think I mentioned you earlier, um, that you know we are also working on a go all electric campaign, mm-hmm. and this is just to get you know this idea in people's head that we need to be electrifying everything, you know, from our heating to our transportation to how you cook to your lawnmower to, you know, whatever. Everything, all of our energy needs that are currently supplied by burning fossil fuels, Mm -hmm. basically everything can, there is an electricity powered equivalent and that electricity can be supplied by fossil fuels. So the go all electric idea is, is this, you know, we want, we want in consumer's mind, anytime you're making a purchasing decision, ask yourself that question. Is there an, a model or, or a, a variety of this technology that can be supplied by electricity? If so, from a climate perspective, that's definitely the one to go for. Gotcha. Go all electric. So that's my mantra now. And and with the Sustainable Homes Rochester campaign, um, you know, there we're really just trying to teach people about what heat pumps are. Mm-hmm. There are two main varieties, air source heat pumps and ground source heat pumps. And ground source heat pumps, that's just another way of saying geothermal. Mm-hmm. So a lot more people have heard of geothermal, but same thing. Um and, you know, to help people have an expert come out, look at your look at your house. Every house is different. You know, every house, the solution is going to be a little bit unique. But to have an installer come out, there are vetted contractors working as part of this uh, program. They'll come out, do a no-cost energy assessment on your house. There's no obligation to get any work done nice. after that. It's mm-hmm. just purely information and helping people, you know, maybe you're not ready to just ditch your furnace today or your your hot water heater but when the time comes we want you to have good information and we want you to think ooh i should consider a heat pump rather than just you know default natural gas is the only option yes cuz it's not oh. good to know oh so. my gosh so uh people uh and to learn more about sustainable home Rochester movement it, it can go to the the your website as well or uh, uh, you Rochester? can search around on our website and find it, but you'd be you'd be wise to go to the cityofrochester.gov slash SHR. SHR. Yep, that's for Sustainable Homes Rochester. Good to know. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, oh, so side note, uh, someone just wrote in saying, I think uh, he's agreeing with Matt that I'm adding details to trick someone. So, I don't know. See, we're on to you. Ha, <laughs> um, So... Exactly. I'm, I'm letting my hand slip, I guess. So uh, this is awesome to know. So like, Go Electric is a, a, a model that I like to see, and especially now they're doing a lot more work with studies of batteries and mm-hmm. containing yep. it. So, I mean, the, the batteries of five years ago were vastly different than the batteries I'm mm-hmm. seeing now being made. Uh, that's thanks to, I mean, like the global market has now realized where they should put my energy into. Mm-hmm. No pun intended there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a slight pun intended there. I have to say, I, I had to buy a new um, lawnmower. The, the summer before last and we picked up an electric one and it is fantastic mm-hmm. like it, it's super efficient i don't have a huge yard but i can make it through in one charge it's quiet mm-hmm. and there's no emissions and it's the only thing that can make it up and down the hill in my front yard yeah. mm. same guess. with you know electric vehicles mm-hmm. they're quieter they're cleaner you just plug it in at night i, I love not going to the gas station mm-hmm. you know pumping See? gas in the cold that's miserable 
Yes. Um, same with, you know, it, it always blows my mind. I, um, you know, when you watch like home renovation shows and the, the people are like, oh, I must have a, a gas range. And it's like, you know, that's because you have clearly never cooked on an electric induction stove. <laughs> they are just better. Um, you know, because and, that, and that's not your, you know, garden variety electric stove. Th- those, yeah. those aren't good. But these modern, efficient electric technologies are fantastic. Um, so, you know, if people don't know it, though, they can't, they can't make that choice. So just, just the public education is, is where, we're, where we're at at this point. Well, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I, I love when I have a show where I learn a bunch of different things about this one. Okay, wait. Um, I want to say something else about it, though. You can talk. It's your whole show. It's all so, you. So another thing that's just important for people to understand about this Go Electric idea is that if we were in West Virginia, mm. this would not be a good idea. It would be a terrible idea, right? Where their electric supply is mostly generated by burning coal. Gotcha. So, so this is one of those, you know, when we talk about what's appropriate for our region, mm-hmm. the Goal Electric idea is appropriate for our region. It is not necessarily appropriate for other regions. So be aware of where your power is coming from. That's right. the thing. Just, do, just right. you know, don't li- learn a bit more before making these things. Right. And that's what you said. Like the, you keep saying about like climate solutions, but a locally relevant climate mm-hmm. solution. So, so uh, uh, that's. I'm so happy to know that we are, you know. Coal is not an issue around here, and the, going electric is actually better for you know better for us. Much here. better, much better. So. Uh, you know, it probably few people um, are aware that ninety one percent of our electricity supply is already carbon free. That's a lot. What? How much? Ninety one percent. Ninety one percent in the Rochester region. Yeah, I I, I did know did not know that. Yeah, well, it's because we we are mostly powered by nuclear. Which yeah. love or hate nuclear? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's reasons to not yeah. be a big fan of nuclear, but climate is not one of them. No, true. It true. does not contribute to I, to greenhouse gas emissions yeah. and climate change. And actually, I'm I. I love uh, okay. I definitely enjoy nuclear, uh, uh, and I've actually like um, what Michio Kaku has a book on the uh, the dangers and or the the future of nuclear energy, and he talks about it. it's like it's a great thing. Uh, I'm one of those people that I just wish that we put more energy, uh, more thought processes into making it um, a the, the little better technology for it, and also the whole joke about having the the lowest com- lowest bidder building these sort of things. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think like I I think it's a, like. It is the technology of we were told in the future, and it is the one now we should be using. I would love to have us really put the thought process into making sure it's it's as safe as it can be. So I say I, I I'm all for it. I, I want to see more of our you know governmental uh, uh, agencies focus on getting these you know wondrous bits of technology and energy efficient stuff like that. Well, and then let's not forget about solar and wind because mm-hmm. you know those are re truly renewable, renewable. resources. Oh my right? gosh, yeah. Um, and there, there are a lot of exciting projects, you know, in this area. Um, but it's really, it's fascinating to see how even within the environmental movement, there's a lot of resistance. You know, anything that's new, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's, there's no perfect answer, right? There's, if true, nothing comes without some degree of consequences. So, for example, with wind. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are concerned about bird and bat deaths, right? I've heard this. And the reality is that there are bird and bat deaths associated with wind power. Now, that said, there are less bird and bat deaths associated with wind power than with house howled cats. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if we are really concerned about birds and bats, we need to get rid of all our cats. Yes. Um, and, and, that, and then also 
the impacts of climate change on birds and bats mm-hmm. are not good. So if we don't fix this climate change thing. Yeah, they're going to be all gone versus a handful of ones taken right. out. But I mean, aren't they, they already slowed down the speed of windmills, to, or those wind turbines because of that. They have already have a governor on it to keep it slow to help stop the, you know, those sort of deaths, right? There, there so. are a lot of different strategies that can be used to, to mitigate the bird and bat deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I feel good about, you know, where things are headed in terms of prioritizing that and making sure that we, we are being mindful, you know, we don't want these unattended consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cannot let the fear of these things just, you know, stop progress mm-hmm. toward making the switch to renewables uh, because then we've, we've got really larger challenges that... <laughs> Very true. Very, very true to have. Um, yeah, actually, we had, uh, I, I remember there was a people, a um, bunch of people that were protesting the uh, big turbines going down in the southern tier, just past like spring water and all those hills down there. And uh, the reason was, was because of aesthetics. They just didn't yeah. want to have these giant things. And I, I can't argue that, except for the sense that they should, like, once they're up, you, they're just there. You can see them. And uh, I, I, I love that once that happened, everyone's always like, oh, okay, they weren't that bad. They're actually yeah. kind of beautiful. I yeah, think, exactly. It, it became I a destination. I'm yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I always look forward to when I see yeah. them. Uh, I find like it makes me feel like I'm in the future when I see those sort of things because those are what in my childhood reading those books. There's always the solar panels. There's always reclamation. There was the the wave reclamation ones and stories. And uh, I think that it makes me happy to see them. Just it seems like that's progress. That's yeah. a, a humans harnessing a planet that's not burning there's not this giant you know a, a, a cold cloud of you know dust above stuff so I'm, I'm happy to see it myself um but again there it's amazing to see what goes into those also i had no idea the size of those things too okay. until you walk up to it you're like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and you realize wow this is stunning large device here um so we have uh, uh so go all electric uh, is there any other fun things we should be aware of coming up there's someone's visit you were chatting about before the thing is there we have a, a person yes. you're looking forward to yes i i am looking forward to okay, it. okay so we'll be excited too you seem to be very ex- excited and energetic so it translates over to here i'm already excited now so so, so a real priority for us is mm. building a climate movement that is inclusive right mm. we are an explicitly nonpartisan organization mm-hmm. i think the you know environmentalism is typically associated with you know people on the left um but this is a barrier to progress in our view so we have um a special guest coming to town in april uh former congress member bob inglis he's a republican from south carolina and his story is very interesting he um you know was a climate denier for many years he refers to himself i think as the reddest let's see what is it the biggest conservative in the reddest district in the reddest state on something like that. Okay. Anyway, so he was hardcore climate denier. And then his children told him that they would not vote for him unless he kind of reconsidered his position on climate change. So he, uh, you know, did his research. He talked to a bunch of scientists. He traveled to Antarctica. He learned about the issues and wow. came to the conclusion that, yes, in fact, Climate change is real. It's human caused. It's a problem. Wow. He actually opened his mind up. He listened and made, uh, adjusted his line of thought. Well, you know, and that is hard. I mean, we kind of laugh about it, but when everyone around you. Like this is, uh, I'm actually, I'm smiling and kind of laughing. It's not because I I love hearing this. It's something Mm -hmm. that I find doesn't happen a lot. No. So when I see someone, uh, I, I, like I strive myself to have good friends and intelligent folks around me. And I love when I see people who have, clearly made a change in their logic by getting new information put to them mm-hmm. that's my that's a sign of intelligence i think is if when you get new information you readjust what you've encountered before and don't 
don't let the old ways lock you in. So, so this is uh, uh, Bob Inglis. His name is Bob Inglis. Yes. So he he goes goes to Antarctica. He sees all this stuff, and he comes back. He's like, "You guys were right." Mm-hmm. Now, so what happens next? Well, he was promptly primaried from the right. Ugh. Right. So okay. he spoke out openly about the need yep. to address climate change, and he lost his seat in Congress. But Oy. since then, he has been very active mm. in terms of, um, you know reaching out deliberately to conservatives, helping to bring them on board with the climate movement. Uh, and he is coming to Rochester to speak in April. Uh, and, and what's exciting, especially exciting about this, mm-hmm. is just the organizing of the events, because it actually is more than one, um, has been a you know nonpartisan, bipartisan, some people even say transpartisan um, effort. Uh-huh. So the, this, this is the Sierra Club's annual forum, in partnership with the Chamber of Commerce's Trends Series, gotcha. in partnership with a bunch of other organizations who have sponsored, <laughs> including the University of Rochester College Republicans, oh, wow. um, including uh, the Pachamama Alliance, which is you know kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. So there's and and you know our organization Mothers Out Front. There's a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, Citizens Climate Lobby, actually, Citizens Climate Lobby is a really critical one because Bob Inglis is on their board. Um, but so it's it's we. Just in organizing this, it's it has not been easy. You know, I'll be totally frank; it has not been easy because you get people around the table who have such different perspectives, and the conversations are hard sometimes. You know, just even figuring out what should go on the flyer, <laughs> what should be the language on the flyer. There was extensive debate about that, mm-hmm. um, and in the end, we decided, you know what, let's go with with what Bob Inglis says should be on the flyer. You know, he knows. Yeah. He knows what it should yeah. say. Why Why are, you know, these sort of people who are more progressive leaning um, trying to dictate what should be on Bob Inglis's flyer? That doesn't really make sense. So, but but that, coming to that conclusion was a process and really took some soul searching, I think, on, you know, on the part of many, many people. So, so we're excited about the opportunity to work together locally to make this happen. We're excited about Bob Inglis getting his message out there when he mm. comes to bring in a broader audience. Which is needed. It is. It is. You know, and and it's true that so much of, you know, climate has been a very partisan issue. Mm. Right? There's a lot of rhetoric that is um, mean and nasty often. Very true. Hurtful, not productive. Um and we all have to learn to communicate. It's it's a skill, right? It's, we are not born. We are not knowing how to oh, gosh, bridge divides not. necessarily. Uh-huh. So, so will we make mistakes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will we, you know, commit to seeing this play out and and sticking with it and learning from those mistakes? Yes, because um, we have to, yes. right? We have to. Yeah, and it's been so interesting recently. With all the talk of the you know the Green New Deal, mm-hmm. me as an individual, there are a lot of things about the Green New Deal I really like, mm-hmm. right? You know, my personal politics there there are some things that resonate with me with the new Green, green New Deal, but at the same time, um, we cannot wait until you know after the 2020 election 
to to like then we'll implement climate solutions. No, we do not have that time. We yes. do not have that. Yeah. Uh, every time, every day, or every year, you wait. Mm-hmm. Just it, it, I mean, there's it's not, and it's not a gradual climate. It seems nope. like it's been exponential. Every time we learn stuff, it seems that, and it's it's kind of a cascade effect that one thing, one something, one things go, it four things will go next. Right, when the tipping point. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. True. So, so we can't wait to 2020. Right. So we're going to have to work together and compromise. Mm-hmm. And I see that as a positive thing. Yes. I mean, I actually think there, you know, right now in Congress, there is a bill that, gosh, I would love to see it passed. The Energy Innovation and Climate Dividends Act. Hmm. It's not getting much press because everyone's nope. busy talking about the Green New Deal. But right now, Congress could pass the Energy Innovation and Climate Dividend Act. It's a carbon pricing mechanism. It mm-hmm. would have huge impacts in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but would also create jobs, would also improve public health, would also put just money in people's pockets, actually. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot to love about it, but, but people don't know. Right. And the idea of compromise, you know, that there there could be a bipartisan solution that, oh, no. that that's just like almost a foreign concept these days. And that's not we, we got to stop this. Does, we yeah, have they, to stop. This. You said at the beginning of it, the power of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And and that's it'd be interesting. Uh, Bob Inglis. Uh, so. I'd love to hear him. So when is this happening? April. So it's so? April seventeenth. is is the keynote event. It's going to be at the convention center. Nice. Uh, I think you know, go to the Chamber of Commerce's website. It's probably the best place to get. Or actually, well, our website. Um, registration is open now. Uh, you know, it's it's free. It's a free event. So there's a suggested donation of ten dollars, but don't let that hold you back. You know, yeah, come yeah. for free if you want to come for free. And please invite you know your friends from diverse perspectives. Good. Um, because it really this cannot be just preaching to the choir. Kind of event. Yeah, nothing gets happened when it happens. Nope. You, know, you don't get farther ahead with a lot of high fives. You need mm-hmm. to have people that discussion. Uh, I actually tell people now if you can't support us, like like even the radio station or the show, uh, tweet us out, message, like get the word out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I, I'll, I'll like, a lot of the guests will have on. Like, I, you know, don't, if you if you can't, you know, like I wanted to put $5 to the person. Awesome if you can. If you can't, Nothing against it. Listen to those, listen to their take. Listen to what they're saying. Uh, share that to people that you think need to hear it. Like mm-hmm. that's what yep. like this one yep. here. I'm asking anyone uh, when this gets to the podcast, we're going to share it a bunch of different places out as well because I want like this message we found all these great websites to be be found here. But like the power of collaborating, and I, I can't wait to hear because Bob English sounds like he knows he knows what his argument was before, and now he what in order for him to understand how the world is now he had to address all those concerns in his own head so he's already been on both sides of this mm-hmm. this uh, you know, issue here um, it'd be great to hear oh my gosh so uh, so we can check out the, the Rochester uh, People's Climate Coalition website to learn more about that um, I'm going to give a couple other uh, just URLs out right now so make sure you don't forget but the uh, we had before someone asked me before about the City of Rochester one it was easy to remember cityofrochester.gov SHR right was that the yep. Sustainable Homes Um uh, but is there anything else? I know we're coming up in the last bit of the show. Time flew already. It's pretty crazy. Mm. Uh, any other topics we should touch base on for the last couple of minutes of the show? You know, I think climate change is an issue. Like, let's be frank. It's scary, mm. right? But for me, the, you know, the best antidote to depression is taking action. Feeling like you are part of the solution. And again, as we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different ways to take action on climate. Um, there is, without a doubt... For every individual, something you can do to making a meaningful difference on this issue. Uh, you know, I'd say most people do start out thinking about in their personal lives what are the what are the changes they can make. Whether it's something like driving less, or or you know, switching out their furnace for a heat pump, or eating less meat, or flying less. I mean, there's there's tons of you know those kind of personal changes we can make. But mm-hmm. don't stop there. 
right? We need to be thinking bigger. We need to be thinking uh, systems level solutions. So don't let yourself be placated by those little like check marks. I did this, my to-do list, keep going. Just keep on going. You know, and, and because you're gonna feel good about it. It's that it's that question of aligning your values with your your actions, right? And um, no one wants to be part of, you know, climate desolation. <laughs> that doesn't feel good. No, I can imagine not. Um, and and again, this doesn't have to be I think people worry that this is gonna like, you know, ruin the economy or they're going to have to be cold in their houses and you know like they can't have heat they can't have whatever so, you know things like that that's not what we're talking about no not at all um there's we we can continue to all lead good happy productive lives and address climate change at the same time in fact there's a lot of co-benefits you know for example the goal electric campaign a lot of positive impacts on human health we could talk about a lot of ways we can think about reducing poverty in rochester as part of this effort um so even if you know climate change may seem far off in the future there's things we can do right now today that will improve life right now today oh that's amazing um so so again taking action finding ways to take action uh Getting involved in a local organization, if you're not quite sure, you know, what path to take. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great organizations doing good work. Most of them are members of RPCC. Nice. So, so, so check, check out, us out. Yeah. yeah, check out the RPCC website. Uh, Rochester People Climate Coalition. Uh, see what groups are working there. One of them must speak to you, I imagine. Yep. So check yep. them out there. Uh, my guest today has been Abigail McHugh-Greffa. Uh, thank you for being on. This has been a great conversation. I, I feel better. I'm still worried, still scared. Yep, yep, me too. Which is, uh, but I definitely love this concept. Climate solutions, local like local ways to make a difference here, locally re- relevant uh, concepts. Um, so uh, if they, if people have any other questions, just check out the website, you know, uh, okay. it, uh, and uh, again, I want to give out cityofrochester.gov, SHR, slash SHR is the one in there. Um, we'll be sharing links on our social media p- uh, pages as well for this. But uh, Abigail, thank you for being on thank the you show. Thank so um, And I just got to give a thank you to everyone else who's been listening in. If you have any questions uh, for the show, let us know. If you have any questions or anything that we talked about here, uh, message us, Magnus Apollo on Twitter, mindofmagnus at gmail.com. We'll send any links along to make a better future for us. Uh, and uh, remember, like the tagline for that, working together to keep Rochester cool. I love that. We're going to keep do this on here. Uh, Matt, you had fun in there in the glass box? Sure did. You want to give us our house cleaning tips? Sure. Uh, it's We opened with Yacht Paradise Engineering off the uh, album Shangri-La. Thank you to Yacht. Right here is Manic Street Preachers, Dreaming a City. And um, right. 25 miles an hour. Nope. The answer today, so the final, you got a final answer? for the You just co- said no to 25, so I won't say that. Okay. The, I think it's either 10 or 6. Well, those are the only two answers left. So the first, <laughs> okay. uh, the first, the speed limit in Rochester, the very first one was, drum roll, 6 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah, actually it was cars. They couldn't go and get that. I'm so right. sad. It wasn't a single nickel on the dime. Nope. It wasn't at all. So thanks again for folks for listening in. Uh, find us next week for other fun guests we're having on. Uh, you guys can download our podcast, wherever podcasts we found. Do search for Mind of Magnus on there. But Matt, thank you for being in here. Thanks for making the show awesome. Thank you, Magnus. And Abigail, thank you for being on the show. We have a better future because people like you are doing cool things. So thank, thank you, you too. so much. Oh, my gosh. So Roster People's Cl- uh, Climate Coalition, check them out. And we'll see you guys all next week.